1: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
2: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Drunk Mummy, Sober and made in association with HelloSundayMorning.org. Changing the world's relationship with alcohol one Sunday at a time
3: all the kettles boiled
2: great perfect timing should we get started then i'm victoria vanstone i'm lucy good and this is sober awkward
3: right lucy over to you thanks vic so whatever stage you're at on your sober journey and vic and i are at completely different stages You'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon, awkward.
2: Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety. The good, the bad, the ugly and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober.
3: Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Lucy Lucy, Alan's just fallen over. Oh God, what's he doing? What are you doing, Alan? Making
0: a Halloween costume.
3: Oh God, he's got a box on his head, Vic. Why have you got a <laughs> box on your head, Alan? I think I what you've done is you've cut the eye holes out in the wrong place. You can't see where you're going. Get up. <laughs> Dear dear. idea, that's not going to be the best costume, is it? I'm a little bit worried about his uh, four kids (laughs) this evening when he goes (laughs) trick-or-treating. I hope he's done a better job with the kids' costumes. Yeah, I mean, that's not very impressive, is it? (laughs) He's just got an old box off the tip. Yeah, two holes in it (laughs) that are lined up with his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, too funny. We're in the spooky booth, aren't we, today, Lucy? Yes, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. happy Halloween. Yeah, I'm. I my kids are older, so I can get out of trick or treating. Yeah, I'm
2: not getting out of it.
3: Yeah, neither's Alan. So no. you guys will all be out, <laughs> yep. pacing the streets, begging strangers for lollies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least we can hide our sad faces under masks and cardboard boxes. Yes, <laughs> and very poor cardboard boxes. How are you, Lucy? Very well, thanks, Vic. Really well. In fact, we're recording this um, in a morning, aren't we? It's our first time we've done a morning podcast. We usually speak in the evening, so we feel a bit sort of topsy-turvy, but good. It's yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah, we just had breakfast, actually, didn't we? we had a, a veggie special, didn't we? With yeah. Two pieces of
2: toast with the uh, poached eggs, because there's nothing that annoys me more than people serving two eggs and yes. one piece of you, toast. You were very specific about that with the way. I have to be. Yeah, were... I don't go out for breakfast very often, so I definitely want my two pieces of toast. And I went wild <laughs> with the butter. I put... She went mental. i going to post a picture of the amount of butter Lucy put on. I mean, we do like our treats, us sober people, and yeah, butter is one l- of them. I will
3: have as much butter as I want. I'm sober. Yeah, you
2: could lather your body in it and <laughs> swim
3: the channel. I bloody well will if I want. I'll help you. <laughs> oh, thanks, Vic. <laughs> no, I'm very well, thanks. And uh, yeah, great to be here in the morning. I'm quite liking this. Yes, it's So nice. we might do more po- morning podcasts. How about you? How are you? I feel all coffeed up and ready to
2: go. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited to be here and excited to talk about this brilliant topic today which is today's chat is all about the impact of words associated with sobriety isn't it lucy? yeah
3: that's right this is a really important one what we think every chat we have is important don't we we do <laughs> do, <you laughs> do you something wrong big, with us we big ourselves up what we're talking about is so important yes i am a very important person. everything we say is really important and everybody should listen whereas you usually it's a load of bollocks <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking <laughs> shit
3: and hoping people listen
2: we did go and see a movie though didn't we lucy this week together we went to see the Aretha Franklin movie, yes. which was actually turned out, which a lot of television I watch nowadays, turns out to be about addiction.
3: It does. And, yeah, we, I, and It was interesting because I knew a little bit about Aretha Franklin as much as the next person, but I didn't know that much of her backstory and I didn't know she struggled with alcohol. Yeah. So it was funny. We were sitting at the back of the cinema, weren't we? And there we were seeing this massive uh, downward spiral of Aretha Franklin with alcohol and we were both nodding knowingly and it was... It was a little bit of an eye roll moment for me because it's like, oh, yeah. You know, all these movies um that follow the lives of famous people, they always seem to spiral into a pit of despair through alcohol. Yeah, I guess they don't have a lot of support. Um it's like Amy Winehouse is the classic example, yeah. isn't it? But And the saddest.
2: Yeah, the saddest. They just don't have support, these people in their in yeah. their careers when they're they're suffering probably from a lot of self awareness and overexposure. All of these things combined
3: would lead you to want to numb out, I guess. Yes, yeah, so and of course she had a lot of Uh, terrible trauma in her early life, which we won't talk about because it's really awful yeah. um, but you can understand what she was doing was masking that with yes. alcohol yeah. but it's just so interesting that so many people's stories are the same and yeah. yet we've still got a society that's pushing alcohol upon us because we don't look for the the solution
2: to drinking I mean the solution is to not have trauma in the first place and to help people with healing trauma rather than just going you've got to give up drinking and you're a big drinker you've got to look as to why people are drinking in the first place and I think. I think that's a big problem in society is that people don't look at the reason. Mm. If you find the reason, you can find a solution. For me, there were so many things from my past that made me into a big drinker. It wasn't just because of culture and society, it was because I had things wrong with my heart. My heart, there was a gaping hole in my heart from a very, very young age, which I was filling with alcohol. And it was the same with her. Hers was more extreme
3: than mine, but it all is relative in the end, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it, unfortunately, it often takes when you get that far into how. Alcohol, you've been drinking it for as long as Vic and I had which was 20 25 years of binge drinking very heavy binge drinking you you're not you haven't got a chance in hell of getting to the root cause of it or the reason why you started and it does sometimes take getting sober for everything to become clear you have yeah. so much clarity like I can put it down to one or two things that started me drinking yeah. and the reasons that I carried on drinking and it's all so simple and clear but I needed to get out of that mm, to understand area, it. which we've talked about before yeah. to be able to understand it and the other I will just add on about the movie is uh, Vic and I had the most delicious hot chocolates. Oh, we did. <laughs> while we were in there. Crazy so days. I can remember going to the movies so many times, like after having had a few drinks and then getting into the seat and sort of feeling all tired and a bit strung out, or being at the movies and wanting to get out to have a drink. Mm. What a wonderful way it is to go to the cinema! Yeah, uh, we had these delicious, warm hot chocolates that we sipped on mm. while we were watching the movie, and uh, that's a great way to do it. Um, guess what I did, Lucy, when I went to see Train Spotting? When I was, what would I've been? Probably
2: nineteen twenty. Took crack? No, I took ecstasy. Oh. About that half, would have an made hour, it quite half an hour, quite interesting. Yeah, it was it was interesting.
3: I'd, why didn't you do heroin? Keep oh, yeah, it all in theme? I
2: know. Oh, God, what was I doing? I sat in the back of the cinema with my eyes bulging out of my head. At the beginning, they have these really acid, trippy yeah. visuals. At the beginning, and I was just like gurning on the back row. Did
3: you, did you see it all the way through, or did you get up and start dancing? Because I think I was, I think I, I think I I was hiding in, in the
2: toilets at certain points because it does get a bit dark. That movie doesn't it? I do not recommend taking ecstasy or going to the movies on it. That was a very foolish, childish thing of me to do. And I regret it. (laughs) But it's still one of my favourite movies. The moral of the
3: story is stick with the hot chocolate and the movies. Yeah, just say no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I've just got something else I'd like to say before we get into the topic. And it's just following on from our last podcast, actually. So for those who heard it, we spoke to Sober Dave great man? Legend. Legend. I love it that so many people say he's a legend, because legend is quite a drinking phrase, isn't it? Yeah, you bloody legend. Yeah, you legend if you just downed a pint or whatever. Yeah, he's a sober legend. Yeah, but everyone still uses that term for him. I love it. Um, But at the end of our chat with him, he asked if he could make a final point, which was a really good one, which was, you are never too old to give up drinking. And that's because he gave up at, what was it? I think that, it was fi- in 54, 54 I 54, yeah. I thought so, yeah. And I just wanted to follow on. I know there's been a two-week gap, <laughs> yeah. but my mind works very slowly. I'd like to add to that comment that... Um, you're never too old to give up, but you're also never too young to give up drinking either. And I say it because one of the comments Vic read out in one of our podcasts was from a young man who actually said he felt he was too young um, to have a problem with drinking. And one of our big regrets is not understanding and having the support and knowing that we could have given up earlier. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening and you're young, being, I mean, young is in the eye of the beholder, you know, mm. um, but just never feel it's too soon for me to give up i've got to carry on i've got to get into a worse position um you can give up at any time in your life and to be honest from my experience the earlier you do it the better life you're going to have
2: yeah and that's a real realization isn't it it's a shame we had to have it when we were older when we're in yeah. our 40s but I think, you know, I wish I had known what I know now in my early 20s and I wouldn't have not gone through as much trauma and as much, you know, mental torment as I did. Yeah. Yeah, it is a shame. But, well, I didn't have the information. I was. I wouldn't have listened to it anyway, honestly. But no. hopefully people are getting more used to the idea of sobriety now so people are beginning to listen. That's yeah. our hope with our podcast.
3: Yeah, definitely. We just
2: want to say very quickly, if anyone can take a second out of their day today that's listening and go on to the Australian podcasts. Podcasts awards um, which is australianpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and just vote for Sober Awkward in there for the I think it's the Listener's Choice Award that would be amazing because we just want to get our message out to more people so if you could go on and do that just reconfirm the email once you've done the vote that will give us a really good push in the right direction
3: Yeah vote for us because we really are doing this for one reason only and that is to help other people um, who have trodden our difficult path um to get sober or at least to get a hold on their drinking. And just to give you an idea about the style of our podcast, you know, we're not up there to be massive movers and shakers in the pod in the podcast world. We simply want to help people. We're just two everyday women mums. And just to give you an idea of that, um the other day Vic called me up and um I heard her Hello Lucy, she said. <laughs> I said <laughs> why are you whispering? Is everything okay? She said, I'm just, I've am just i just taken the kids to the zoo and they're asleep in the car <laughs> and I'm downloading the podcast. Yeah. So she sat in this car after a, probably quite a big day at the zoo with the kids, downloading the podcast and writing up the show notes. So that's what we're all about. Just normal, yeah. everyday people squeezing it in to our busy lives um, to share our stories and to help others. Yeah, so give us a vote, guys. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and I've been
2: doing a lot of book editing this week. I don't know if I told you, Lucy, a billion times or not, but my book is being edited at the moment (laughs) by this amazing lady called Gina. A Thousand Wasted Sundays, it's called. So hopefully it'll be finished within the next year. (laughs) I keep saying that every year. I mean, I just can't wait for
3: it all to be over. (laughs) Yeah, I know, it's boring, isn't it?
2: (laughs) But I was writing a chapter on university and I started university. I wasn't there very long. Um, And I'll tell you the reason why was because I... Started university, my parents dropped me off with a crate crate of beers and I hung a sign on my university door that said free beer here. That was my first day. So all the people flocked to my room and I, you know, made myself into the party girl from day one. Yeah, Free beer here, this is who I am, come meet me, let's get pissed. I never went to one lecture the whole time I was there. And I was there for a while, maybe four months. I actually met my husband there when I was 18, but I didn't know he was going to be my husband. I didn't see him for 17 years. Until we got married, until, yeah, a year before we got married, obviously. You met him in Australia. I met him in Australia again, so that's another whole other story. But I actually was flatmates with him at Luton University when I was 18. And I, at university, you can imagine at that age, Lucy, how I was, you know.
3: Oh, I can well imagine.
2: (laughs) I just wanted to get off my head every single day and just smoke weed and just be the crazy girl. But I just thought that was fun. I just thought I was cool and fun. And I was there for about four months and I remember being at a party and a girl walking up to me. And this is the we're talking today about the weight of words. And this is a perfect example of me ignoring words very early on in in my drinking days and and not listening to words when I probably should have done. But a girl came up to me that I thought I'd never met before. And she said, oh, hi. And I said, oh, hi, who are you? She said, oh, I'm Catherine or whatever her name was. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm Vicky. Nice to meet you. She went, oh, you're Vicky. You're the one that takes loads of drugs and is a real drinker. And so that was one of the first times in my life that somebody had said to me, like pulled me up on my drinking habit or my drug taking habit. She And I actually was so humiliated and taken aback that I kind of, I remember just sort of standing there just going, oh my God, that's how I'm thought of. That's how I represent myself. And I hadn't really realised until that moment that she'd said that, that I had a reputation as somebody, as a party girl, as like a real kind of lost it and those words affected me so much that I went back to my room that night, packed my bags, and I left university. Wow.
3: Yeah, I never went back. Oh, well, oh, continu- no, point, no point being there, really. Have you- <laughs> well, I continued collecting my student loans. I was just about to say, I do vaguely <laughs> remember your mum and dad telling me that they were paying you some, some money for university <laughs> yes, for no- years. No, let's, yeah, let's not go into that. Gone. Let's not go into Interesting that. one, Vic, and yes. thanks for sharing that because also... Um, when you said that this girl, Catherine, or whatever her name was, it, yeah. um said those things to you, there was a time when if someone had said that to me I would have been quite proud. Gosh, yeah. I suppose I, I wondered what why. you were going to say then. I didn't know if you were going to say that you were humiliated. I was absolutely or humiliated. Or whether you were like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I take lots of drugs and drink. Because there was certainly a stage in my life where I would have considered that a compliment. I think it was because I didn't know her and I just presumed all the people that knew me thought it was funny.
2: Whereas from an outsider's yes. point of view, I don't think I'd ever considered anyone's opinion of me that wasn't within my close mm. circle of mates. And so if she was somebody coming from the outside and going, you are this and this is why I know about you. And it did, it summed me up at the time. And I remember getting in my Morris Minor the next morning and driving home and having to explain to my parents that I'd left university, not really telling them why, just saying that I just didn't feel comfortable there. But actually, of course, instead of dealing with what that girl said, Mm -hmm. I had no other mechanism than to get deeper and deeper into my drink and drug obsession so I went home and the party carried on somewhere else I just moved it from one location to the next from Luton to home and then down to Brighton where it just you know it tumbled and got, yeah. and got worse because again that, that situation made my heart hurt mm. again yeah. and well it was another layer of shame exactly another layer of shame that I filled with booze. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And recreational
3: drugs. I mean yeah. you know, that's such a powerful story to tell about the effect that it had yeah, And it's just words. Massive life change yeah. due to somebody saying a few words to you. Yeah. But still not enough to make you actually do anything about it except to drink more. Crazy, I know. Okay, so let's talk a bit more about words, shall we? Um, yeah. as Vic said, today's chat it's all about the impact of words associated with sobriety. We don't need to tell you how words can affect you in both a negative and positive way. Never let it be said that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt hurt me because they bloody well can. In fact, words, especially in the context of drinking, can have a huge effect on how we deal with our drinking and most importantly in our decision and our mission to get sober. Yes, that's right, Lucy.
2: As a writer, I love words the wonderful way we can string them together in a sentence to get across the right message in the right way. But I'm with you that some words are too powerful for their own good. Take the C word, for example. Now, that's a horrible yet crazily powerful
3: word. Gosh, yes, Vic, that word certainly packs a punch. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, you know, a bit sort of graphic, isn't it? I use it
2: sparingly, though, Lucy. I do use it occasionally. Otherwise, I think it loses impact if you use it too often. Only when I tread on Lego or when someone says something really twatty do I use it. But I think if Shakespeare and Chaucer used
3: it, Lucy, then I can too. Are you sure Shakespeare and Chaucer used it? Yeah, use it's very old. It's, it's, it
2: dates from the 12, 1200s, the, the, the C word.
3: Are we talking about the same word yes, here? Yes, we are.
2: The C-U word, yes. Really? Yeah, because it's a it's name of a street in Oxford. Um,
3: and it's, wow. it comes from that, yeah. Oh, so that's the, fascinating. God, it, you words do learn things when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, don't you? you do. Yeah, fantastic. I love that Shakespeare used the C word. Yeah, wonderful.
2: What I do find interesting though is that words mean different things to different people. Or a word that drives one person in one direction can drive another in a totally different one. And that's why this discussion
3: is so important on the sober scene. Are you struggling to identify with some of the words around drinking and sobriety? Are you scared to admit that you are maybe, heaven forbid, an alcoholic in this society where we are literally groomed to be alcoholics from our early teens? And could it be that something as simple as a word or a label is clouding your path to finding true and everlasting sobriety? If so, keep listening as this chat, during this chat, will unpack some of the
2: harshest words that are flung around on the sober scene – We'll lay them bare and discuss discuss what they mean to us, how they have affected us, and we'll let you know whether we've
3: welcomed them into our sober worlds or instead flicked the V at them. What we want you to take away from this podcast is a more open mind around words that in the past have shocked or humiliated you and may even have encouraged you, like Vic's story earlier, to drink more. We want you to spin how you use these words so they work for you and not against you. Yes, Lucy, and
2: I, are using this episode to normalise all of this. I'm going to use the C word here, Lucy. Crap. Oh, oh. Sorry.
3: <laughs> you see, Terrible we were term- talking about different C <laughs> words. Terrible
2: terminology. <laughs> so you can ditch the shame and guilt and instead own and accept where you're at, which will give you the clarity and strength to keep going in the discovery of the new sober you.
3: Yeah. Brilliant. And we've actually already ascertained from doing our notes and making some points that we feel very differently about a lot of words so this is going to be a really interesting chat. Yes, we do feel very differently. It's mm. strange, isn't it? I'm just going to say that
2: words in my family, like I'm quite a big swearer and I guess you are as well. Mm. I do like the impact of swear words sometimes and I know they're inappropriate But and it's not because I'm not intelligent enough not to use another word, it's just that I do like swear words. So in my house my children do hear me swearing occasionally, which probably isn't right. Um, but we have a rule in our house now where my children my son who's nearly 10 is allowed to swear not the f word or the c word but he's allowed to say shit for one day um each year (laughs) and then it gets out of his system and if he says it out of that time he's not allowed the swear day so it keeps it all into one day and then he just goes mad on one day a year saying shit. And it's very, very funny. And is it effective? It's effective. He it doesn't say it at all any other yeah. time because he knows, cause I he looks to, forward to the I day. I do,
3: I do love your, your family. They have annual <laughs> days for all the... They actually have... Vic's family has an annual inflatable day where they all go and choose an inflatable. Don't you? You have lots of annual days on your family calendar. <laughs> You've got to watch out for inflation, Lucy. i <laughs> do it once. <laughs> They get too expensive. (laughs) All right, let's get started. So our first word, very appropriately and straight to the point, is sober. Um, And like we're going to do with all the words that we're talking about today, is we're going to read out what they are described as in the Oxford Dictionary. So um, sober, I'll start, um, means not affected by alcohol, not drunk, serious, sensible and solemn, muted in colour.
2: Oh, yes. very Like somber. It's always, it must be from somber, is it? I would guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I say sober, I can't help feeling a bit judged, even still when I say to people I'm sober. I mean, obviously, everybody knows I am now, so I don't have to say it as often. But I think especially in those early days, I do feel that sense of if you're sober, it means you're a drunk
3: or a very boring person. Or a very boring person.
2: There's no. There's gone no in between. Is there? Or a there? judge? Yeah. 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 Either.
3: Three things. One of those three things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a word that I think people are very, they have their own attachment to it and what it means. And it's very hard for them to change what they think about the word sober. And um, funnily enough, Vic and I had a chat not that long ago. We were talking about would we ever do drugs again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you do over a breakfast. Yeah, over your poachies. <laughs> and... Um, Generally, we were both saying no, we wouldn't, because usually we would have to be drunk and not in our right minds to even think of putting something so awful into our bodies. Um, and you know, what if some, we were around someone's house and someone brought out some coke? How would we feel? Would we do it? And um, Vic was like, "Yeah, but we can't because we're sober." And I, I didn't realize for me the word sober was no alcohol, but to Vic the word sober was. Is nothing, no alcohol or drugs or any illegal substances in yep. your body at all, yep. mind-enhancing substances, would because it be, Vic? I, Because I say that for me, I wouldn't
2: want to put anything in my body that would risk my sobriety. And I feel like if I had a drug or anything else into my body that, that played with my mental state, therefore I'm taking something away from my sobriety, I'd have to recover from that. I'd have a come down or I'd have feelings of depression afterwards. I wouldn't want to risk the, the all the work that I've put in just for a night out. It's just not worth it for me and and the feeling of being off my head now would fr- frightens me,
3: yeah, yeah, so that's why you incorporate everything into the word sober so when you say to people i'm sober, it means i am i I don't take I don't drink yeah. and I don't take drugs. Whereas for me, the word sober means I don't drink. Mm. It That's, means different things for different people, I guess. It, it does, yeah. And um, it's something that I find has be I do agree with you in what you said, Vic, about the, what people think of the word. Um, and I'm not really that keen to be associated with the word sober. Mm. But, for example, say if you're out in a bar and someone's like, oh, go on, do you want a glass of wine? And you say, look, no, thanks, I don't want one. And they say, oh, go on, have one, have one. And you're like, well, no, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm not drinking or I don't drink and they're not letting it go, as often can happen. Yeah. I do find if I then say, I'm sober, yes. those two words really do have an impact because what that implies is I have a problem with alcohol and yes. therefore I am sober. So sometimes using that those words, I'm sober can actually help people understand without you having to go through the ins and outs of your addiction and your years of binge drinking and how you got out of it. I'm sober, I had a problem, and that usually shuts people up and it stops them trying to get you to have a drink. I think it is a wonderful word. I was just going to mention there is a word called
2: Cali-sober that's out now, which is I think it stands for California sober, which means that you can smoke weed and be sober as well. And it's like this term that people use or take any sort of hallucinogenic, like um, I guess um, ayahuasca or mushrooms or anything that's natural, and be sober at the same time. So there is that scene as well. It's a separate mm. scene. But, you know, res- I respect any scene, of course, who however you choose to take this path is up to you. But for me, that wouldn't work because I'd still be altering my mental state, which I just don't want to do anymore. Mm. My children, (laughs) they do that already. They alter
3: your mental state on a minute-by-minute basis as it is. We don't need anything else interfering with our very delicate mental (laughs) state. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think
2: that's probably more of the reason you hit it on the head there. My mental state is extremely delicate. Yeah. Yeah. I did discover a word this week actually which is phobia, which is the fear of being sober so there is actual phobia mm. phobia an actual
3: fear of being a non-drinker it's an actual thing so that is incredible yeah Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the more and more words are coming up into the English dictionary around um, not drinking because it is becoming such a popular thing to do with people. I think drinking. I was a nithelophobe for a very, very long time. I definitely yeah. was. Yeah. I've got to work out how to say that properly before I mention yeah. it on this yeah. podcast yeah. or anywhere in public. I should a bit more. It's probably not
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So my general feeling about the word sober now is that I love it and I'm proud to be it. But it's taken me a little bit of time to understand it and embrace that word um, yeah. So for me, sober really means happy now. That's yeah. what's
3: how I relate it. My sobriety means I'm happy. Simple yeah. as that. I agree with you in that. Yeah, I've found the word to be um, quite quite harsh, um, to have to admit that I'm sober. I know that when I talk to my dad, who's in the UK, he still finds it difficult. He's so pleased I've stopped drinking, but he still finds it difficult to accept that I had a problem with drinking. So when I tell him that I'm such-and-such days sober, Mm. I can almost see him wince when I say sober, (laughs) because sober's a strong word that implies a problem. Um, But I have used it to, to my advantage um, on this mission and um, yeah I, I'm I'm with you there that the word sober is is an okay word to yeah. use yeah. yeah I think we have to embrace it because we're going to be using it quite a yeah it's what we are now <laughs> it's,
2: it's our di- are. identity it's our lives yes yeah, I, I identify with it now I didn't before when yeah. I was a drinker because it
3: scared me too much yeah but now I understand it but interestingly that we both had different views of what it was I thought yeah. it was just alcohol you thought it was alcohol and drugs and it can be whatever anyone wants it to be
2: yeah as long as you're using it in a healthy way
3: I would yeah. say yeah Go on, you do the okay, next Okay, next
2: word is addict. Uh, Oxford Dictionary Explanation. A person who is addicted to a particular substance, typically an illegal drug, or... An enthusiastic devotee of a specified thing or activity, a self confessed
3: chocolate addict. I think I'm more of the second than the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I still, yeah, I'm a bit of a chocolate addict still. So I suppose that's interesting, the example they've given there, because when you think of addict, you immediately think crack, heroin, yeah. alcohol, but they've used chocolate. So you could be addicted to pretty much anything. I mean, apparently you can get addicted to tuna. Oh, oh. Did you know that? <laughs> there's something in tuna that is addictive. What, on porpoise? <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Lucy, that was a bad one.
2: Yeah, the connotations for addiction can sometimes be a bit strong, can't they? I just love that word. That's so funny. <laughs> Stop. Don't laugh at my bad jokes,
3: Lucy. No, I love them. I love words. your bad jokes. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so addict. I, would,
3: I don't think I'd call myself an addict. What about you? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you were, I have. Yeah. yeah, well, I I don't think I'm an addict now. Um, I, I get it. It's it's a pretty horrible and harsh word, isn't it? Um, but it did it helped me. In fact, I'd say that um, accepting that I was an addict and I was addicted to alcohol was a huge turning point for me um, in getting sober. It made me understand the seriousness of the situation I was in, hmm. and it also made me. Be a little bit kinder to myself. Um, I wasn't just your everyday person who was struggling with alcohol. I was addicted to it. Mm. And addiction is a physical thing that you are fighting against. And in some cases, and for some people, it is impossible to win that battle. I guess were battles quite interesting there. It made me realise I had a battle on my hand. I was addicted. I was yeah. fighting against something that had yeah. happened to me, something that I had become. Um, and I, I, I still do have an addictive nature so i wasn't particularly surprised that i'd become an addict but i was shocked that that is where i was sitting in my in my in my 40s mm. as an addict in this world it frightened me and yes, it made me sh- take action
2: there's a lot of shame around that word like for me it's different to you that i would say i think i was mentally addicted to alcohol Less than a physical thing, but I, I don't know. But mine was more of the I cannot live without this, not because my body was telling me that, it was because my mind was telling me that. So I had a different form of addiction to you, I think, whereas I needed it mentally, which is strange, isn't it? Yeah. But no matter what, you know, in both those situations, there is shame around that word to say look I'm an addict to shut to put your hand up and say look this is me and I'm an addict addict," which is why a lot of people don't do it so that's the the weight of words right there is huge because we're not putting ourselves our hands up for support and help because we're so ashamed to actually use these words
3: yeah and if you can't accept and we've talked about about it before if you've got a problem the first stage to sorting it is acceptance yeah and accepting that you're an addict whether it be mentally or physically or both um, it, it. It's just a powerful thing that makes you take action. Mm. And also we're living in a society
2: that's trying to make us think we're not addicts. Like Mm. the television programmes that we're watching, the movies and everything. You know, they want us to keep drinking because that's what we're told to do as a culture, as a society when we go out is to drink. So it's very, very hard to identify what you are. And when the words are so strong and so heavy, it's hard to grab hold of one of them and say, right, that's who I am. So we're going to talk about a few other words later on, but that word, it is very difficult for people
3: to to confess up to I think because sometimes when we do confess up to and say look I think I'm addicted to alcohol or I'm an addict people can laugh yeah well you know you're just the same as everybody else
2: and you are the same as everybody else and they're all addicts as well
3: probably to to, to some extent yeah to some extent if you have a glass of wine every evening and you can't get through your evening without really wanting that glass of wine yeah and you are a Addicted to it in some form, the yes. same as we are to a cup of coffee in and the a morning. chocolate. Yeah, and a chocolate yeah. in the evening. Yeah. So, a powerful word, but again, um, for me, it's been something that has been strong enough and horrible enough mm. to make me realize the mess I was in and, yeah. and, and move forward and onwards and upwards. Yeah, so that's really
2: good that you managed to get your head around that word and accept it as something that you were. Whereas perhaps I know I am deep down, probably an addict, I'll have been an addict, but that word for me
3: is just, it's too extreme. Yeah. Mm. And that's fair enough, isn't it? That's fair enough to feel that way. It doesn't mean you're not going to get sober because look at you, you're nearly four years sober, but you never ever managed to accept the word addict. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's what we're going to, I think that's going to be like a big
2: thing we're (laughs) going to talk about today is like words, no matter what they are, you can accept them
3: or you can chuck them in the bin. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what other people think of them. And the next word is probably one of our favourites in a way, Hmm. isn't it? One of our pet words. Pisshead. (laughs) Uh, Oxford Dictionary says we love this vulgar slang. British. Yes. Yes. We love a bit of (laughs) vulgar slang. That's what we're all about. We're vulgar slangers. (laughs) Sober ones at that. Um, And the other description for a pisshead from the Oxford Dictionary is a drunkard.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I use that word pisshead for me all my life. Like, I'm just a pisshead. Like, it was a joke. I'm a pisshead. I like to drink. I like to go out and party. Um, so I made, I think that word for me made me acceptable in my group. And I... I humorized the word "pisshead" in order to hide my drinking habit. Mm. So if I say, look, I'm just, the word piss head and addict, if I said to you, oh, Lucy, I'm an addict, ha, 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 you'd yes. be like, oh, whoa, yeah. you know, you need to go and get help. But if I say I'm just a piss head, you go, oh, she's a laugh, she's a pisshead." Yes. head. So I used that word to describe myself
3: throughout my life because then I didn't used to have to use any other words. Mm, Clever, yeah. really. Yeah, it really is. It's sort of taking a really serious word and using a word that's a bit of a laugh instead of it to be able to get away with it and carry on with that behaviour. Yep. And, and, I mean, for me, there's, there was no better way to describe myself um, other than a piss head. And same as you, Vic, I, I was quite openly a pisshead through throughout all of my life from 15 onwards yeah. I have to admit that as I was getting into my late 30s and certainly early 40s when people did describe me as a pisshead, or I was even using it to describe myself it started to sit less and less comfortably with me it's yeah. just not a good look especially being, as a parent as a parent yeah. you know, as a middle aged woman it's not cool to be a pisshead anymore um, and I know that is how people were talking about me and describing me and I don't blame them for doing that but I felt a lot of shame around that, but um, I I do prefer the word Piss artist. I think oh, yeah. that's got <laughs> makes you sound like you're creative in it's your not... <laughs> choice of beers. Yeah, I just think it sounds so much better than piss yeah. head. So if you want to refer to me, could you use piss artist Yes, instead... I'll use piss artist Thank instead. you. It makes you sound more intellectual. <laughs> Appreciate I imagine that, you're in a little beret with a small moustache. <laughs> yeah. Downing a stella. Yeah. Yay! Legend. <laughs> Way, <piss artist>. <laughs> legend.
2: Okay, next word, Vic. You go for it. Right, alcoholic. this is the big one in the oxford dictionary it says containing sorry yes containing or relating to alcohol suffering from alcoholism a person suffering from alcoholism
3: yeah yeah um i i know with aa um once an alcoholic always an alcoholic that's right isn't it Vic? i think so yeah yeah um I don't see that. I will admit I was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a situation where I simply couldn't stop drinking. um, And... um but I wouldn't describe myself as one now. And I've come to that realisation. I mentioned in another podcast that I went to see a healer and um, she went to my right shoulder and she said, oh, there's a lot of shame in there. Hmm. And um, I hadn't told her about my drinking history and I said, oh, that makes sense because I used to be an alcoholic. Oh, you said that word out loud I to said her. it. That's what I said to her, that okay. sentence. Is that and, the first time you've said that word to someone um, like that? I have used the word alcoholic before, um, not very often, but that sentence, I lay there for a while just letting that one sit with me because that is how I felt. I don't feel I'm an alcoholic anymore. I don't have a need to drink whatsoever. Mm. Um, and I don't envisage I ever will have you yeah. can't say you can't you just don't know what's around the corner um, but I'm certainly not sort of grinding my teeth and white knuckling every day trying not to drink but I used to so yes I would say I was an alcoholic but I'm not one now what about you Vic uh, it's a word I've always shied away from I mean that's why Lord, you're not very brave are you no I'm words? not very brave with the words because
2: I don't like to be labelled mm. I don't like people using words that give them the wrong mental connotations mm. of what I am so if I say to someone, look, I'm an alcoholic, I know that their image of me in their brain is me passed out on the floor in a pile of vomit with a crying baby crawling over me. It's extreme circumstance. And they're going to jump to that conclusion straight away into their brain. And that's not who I am. So I don't want that word to represent me, even though I probably am an alcoholic and I have been an alcoholic and, and a lot of institutions would call me an alcoholic. I guess that's what we are, is alcoholics. But I think there are softer terms that we can use that don't make us feel, you know, that that word in itself comes along with all that guilt and shame and it all does. those negative, like, all those negative feelings. So, but for some people, I know that they say I'm an alcoholic, they can say it in a very, very strong way and go, that's who I am. And I think being an alcoholic is sort of part of the human condition. So there's no reason why we should be ashamed of it, because we are almost trained as humans to drink because it's the way that we heal ourselves and it's the way that we numb out from our traumas and our pain and everything else that that life throws at us. So we should be able to go, look, life has made me into an alcoholic and I'm proud of that and I'm not one anymore, but that's how I identify. But for some reason, culturally, I find that word difficult to accept. Um, I wasn't over drinker a problem drinker um, and I do think I think those words are a bit softer um, because I do think that other word does invoke a sense of judgment um, and it makes me think of people like with pale faces in in circles in mm. in rehab facilities. Well,
3: I think that's it as well because when you think of the word alcoholic, it often comes with the word anonymous. Yeah. And the word anonymous really makes you think of having to hide away from something. Yeah, and something. feel shame about something. And, feel Whereas, shame, yeah, yes. and we're not about being anonymous at all, are we? Lucy? No, we're not about at all. shouting
2: about this and yes. being open about this. And so that other people can understand that, you know, being an
3: alcoholic doesn't have to be something to be yeah. sad about. And or, I think I like to put the stake in the ground sometimes yes. with some people. I've had very little problem with people um, and my drinking. Everyone's been very supportive. Um, You know, occasionally I have had some difficult moments and those are the times when I might bring out that word, haul out that word, dust it off and use it because I need to make it clear to some people, I have had and to some extent still do Mm. have a problem. Mm. I am an alcoholic so shut the fuck up mm. about me going and having a drink or coming yeah. out to socialise. just one. Because I've had a serious problem yeah. and I'm working through it and I've done bloody well, you know, have some respect for that. Yeah. So that might be when I bring out that word. Um, and because it is so powerful and it does make people think, oh, God, she, you know, she must have been in a terrible way. But at least it shuts them up, shuts I guess. shuts them up, yeah.
2: I think I describe myself very often as a socially acceptable alcoholic, which means I am an alcoholic where my problem is diluted into the crowd, and that's mm. a very clever way of being an alcoholic because it just it means you don't ever get help. So, and that's a very very common that's, problem, and that is grey yes. area drinking, yeah. like down to a tea, is mm. that you're a socially acceptable alcoholic where everyone's cheering you on. So, I do describe myself at that, but I sort of soften it a bit. There's some other terms I used to call myself, which was a squiffer, a person that likes to get squiffy. These are my, these are my <laughs> ways that I humorized my drinking. Uh, The slugger, that's another one that I used to be called. The glugger. (laughs) Yeah, the glugger and the slugger, a person that slugs rather than sips. Great. (laughs) I sound very ladylike, don't I? A yeser, a person that can never say no, obviously. A wobbler, someone that can't walk straight at the end of the night. A pavement decorator, a vomit monster, a toilet painter, a morning after pill warrior. <laughs> I could great. go on. I could go on. So I called myself lots of various names throughout my life that avoided any of those serious
3: words. Those like are brilliant yeah. ones. I love that morning. Ar- what was it morning? After morning after pill warrior. warrior. I don't know whether I looked like a and warrior when I was hung over traipsing to <laughs> boots on a Sunday morning with a hood on crying. Oh, God, not a good look. The walk of shame. The walk to of shame. And the pavement decorator I love as well. <laughs> yeah, pavement pizza. <laughs> my dad calls it. Um I just, pizza. Yeah, I just want
2: to to share some thoughts that I put out on Instagram about words this week. We actually got a response from Faye Lawrence who who runs Untoxicated. Um she says the word alcoholic works for her. She said it keeps her on the straight and narrow, no wiggle room. Yes. I like that. Yeah but she did resist it for a long time. So that's a good one. I had one from Ads Facing Forward, which was, the term alcoholic does nothing for me. It does not help me. I heard it many years ago and remember someone saying, admitting it is the hardest part. But for her, that is bullshit. I, um, she admitted that many times, um, and it didn't change a thing. Words and labels are not for me, says Ads. Actions are what are working for me at the moment. I just tell people I don't drink. And that should be enough as well, shouldn't it? Just saying, I don't drink. You shouldn't have to use these Mm -hmm. words if you don't want to. And then I got another message from somebody called Pam. She said, say struggling to put herself in the... She is struggling to put herself in the alcoholic box. She likens it to being put in a jail, like a life sentence. She said, this podcast, this was a lovely comment, she said the podcast has given her the gift of self-reflection and that she's starting to understand that perhaps she is an alcoholic, even if the words are uncomfortable. And then she just added at the end that her she, her husband coined the term "pammered."
3: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Pam. And um, thank you, Pam's husband yeah hammered, I really and made me laugh. I will just add here Vic's reading out some of these comments um, and she's got permission to read them out yes. from the people. So please don't feel that you can't comment because suddenly your view and your yes. name is going to be spread Only out Only if on the I podcast. ask you. yeah, yeah. We, we won't put anything on here um, unless we've checked with you first. So please feel free to comment when Vic asks a question on Instagram or on her Facebook group because getting your responses to the topics that we're going to talk about really help us to to talk about the things that people are interested in.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I don't get pampered. I'm glad you don't get pampered anymore, Pam. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, good for you, Pam. What's the next word, Lucy? Great one. Sober curious. Mm. And what's so interesting about this is I looked it up and there's nothing, uh, It doesn't. it's not in the Oxford Dictionary. So what does that tell you mm. about it? It's such a new word. Um, so instead, I, I went to good old Google and popped it in um, and I got this um, from Healthline. Sober curious simply means that you've chosen to avoid alcohol for personal or wellness reasons. It involves curiosity about the reasons fueling your desire to drink and the way alcohol affects your life. What we think it encapsulates is anyone that
2: has ever questioned their relationship with booze. Sober curious simply means that you've chosen to avoid alcohol for personal or wellness reasons. It involves curiosity about the reasons fueling your desire to drink and the way alcohol affects your life. We've just said that. Hmm.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well we've just made the point made it really clear (laughs) sometimes you've got to say things a couple of times for it to to really go in um you love this don't you you love sober curious tell us why i
2: do love this term because i've mentioned it many times but for the first 18 months of my sobriety i didn't tell anyone because i didn't want to say to people that i was an alcoholic because i didn't feel like I was I felt like I was a problem drinker that needed help to stop that's how I identified I didn't know there was a sober curious scene I didn't know anything about it until I found that term that term gave me an identity Mm. and it meant I was part of something for the first time ever Um, it really made sure that I could identify who the people were that I could surround myself with and the people who I could talk to and and how I could explain what I was going through to my friends and family. I am a sober, curious woman. I questioned my alcohol intake for many, many years and I've questioned it so much to the point where I'm bored of questioning it and I have to get help and stop. So the curiosity killed the cat at the end of the day. Mm. It made me reach out for help and get support. So. I just think that word; it is so vast. It 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 sort of it's like a big warm hug that grabs hold of a huge range of people. Anything from those one glass of wine at a barn dance a year, to somebody that's a problem drinker, to somebody that's an extreme drinker. They're all going to be people that that question their drinking, and for that, for me, that it allowed me to get rid of that shame of of having a problem with drinking. And it allowed me to explain myself, yeah. And so it incorporates so many people, a space outside of that alcoholism word. Um, It means the floodgates open for me to get support. So Mm -hmm. that word for me is, is involved in everything I do now. It's about teaching people that if you're questioning you are sober curious and you are deserving of help so that's everything I base my blog on my book on is saying look there is this place this sober curious place that isn't extreme so for me that word changed everything
3: Mm. yeah and I and I I understand and I accept everything you say there, Um, and you explained it really well. But but, (laughs) because I'm being very disagreeable in this podcast, Halloween, (laughs) she's doing spooky disagreeing. I should maybe not have had that double shot coffee before I came in because I'm feeling a bit agitated. Oh no. no, no! The reality for me is the sober curious word doesn't really work because of the level of the problem that I had I agree with what Vic's saying and I think it's it's got a wonderful place in this society and I know that it will help people the way that it's helped Vic and I think that's wonderful so let's keep that word those two words so be curious going um for me I find it scary because it's too gray area Mm. for me um and um, there's this fantastic book, which I think was Vic's turning point, really. When you went and you got the sober curious book, is it by Ruby, Ruby Warrington? Warrington?
2: It's just cause of the. It was because of the term.
3: Yes. The book was good, but that term, I just, I'm not
2: going to say the word. Lucy but <laughs> it felt good. The R word. Yeah, it
3: felt good to me. We're talking about words. yeah. Aren't we, today? yeah. <laughs> well done for not saying it. We've Thank avoided you. our two words. um, Yeah and because everyone raves about this book Sober yeah. Curious by Ruby Warrington. Excellent book. Um, of course I ran out and got it in the hope to have another tool in my toolbox box and I read it. I started to read it when I was about three months sober and I had to stop reading it because um, it is about maybe continuing to drink, um, but moderating. Mm. Scared the life out of me because I thought I can't do it. I can't go back to try to moderate again. I am not sober curious. I am sober desperate. You're an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A curious mate. Curious is a very gentle term, which is yes. what you like about it. It's, mm. it's like a little. You know, Curiouser and curiouser mm. That comes from Alice in Wonderland I think mm. You know it's, a, it's kind of a cute word If someone's curious They're just tapping into something Getting a little bit of information they, yeah. They're interested in something That's not me It was was serious. Desperate. Yeah. Desperate. Sober. Yeah. Sober serious, sober desperate. I don't know. But I, you know, I was beyond sober curious. And whereas Mm. I think it's great and it encompasses so many people, it brings them in to start their journey on wherever they're going to end up, which is hopefully sober. For me and the state that I was at when I discovered that term, it wasn't serious enough for me. Maybe I'm kidding myself, Lucy. I don't think you are at all. I think the way you explained it, I I, I get it entirely. But just I was frightened because it it wasn't strong enough. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, well, where, actually, when I gave um, when I read out just before the description from Healthline, um, the next paragraph in the description, um, I'll read it out. It says, unlike people who stay sober because of dependency or addiction, sober, curious people may not necessarily meet criteria for an alcohol use disorder. Or intend to give up alcohol permanently. You know, that that is someone who is thinking about their drinking and might give up altogether, but might learn to moderate. Yeah. And that is great for so many people out there. For yeah. me personally, it wasn't. It was a it was red flags flying, yeah. danger zone. Yeah. I need to get away from this space. Okay. But I do want to make it clear that I think that book by the sober curious book by Ruby Warrington is everybody loves it. Yeah. So um, I don't want to put anybody off reading it. Um, but it is definitely about that sober curious movement which mm. is not necessarily and in a good way it's great that it's not all about totally giving up. It's great that there's an opportunity to be yeah, sober mindful curious drinking and all that stuff. Personally that, sort of thing. that yeah. wasn't for me. Yeah. And it frightened me.
2: And that's that's very interesting because like that we talk about that line very often that, that spectrum of alcoholism and I think it is good perhaps when you give up drinking or you're thinking about it is to maybe try and identify at what point you are on it might be hard but am I sober? curious am I just questioning could I possibly be a mindful drinker which personally I, I know I never could be because mm. I tried it for many mindful drinking is <laughs> attempting moderation for yes. me which was never ever uh, mindful of possible. when the next drink is coming Yeah, mindful of that first drink and then downing the next bottle (laughs) so it's it's like trying to identify where you are like if you are extreme you know if you're really extreme you need to go to rehab Mm. if you're not that extreme you might need to read a book like that is how vast it
3: is so Sober Curious would have been great for me when I was 21 yes that was when Sober Curious could have come into my life and changed it and I wouldn't have accepted anything other than sober curious because I probably wasn't well I know I wouldn't have been ready to give up but I was sober curious looking yeah. back because I'd already made a lot of mistakes in my life through drinking I was already questioning why I was drinking and why my di- my drinking was different to others and was I drinking for the wrong reasons at 21 I was sober curious mm-hmm. at 45 when I eventually gave up I was desperate yeah. so sober curious is great certainly for the younger generation I I think mm. those people who are questioning, I think, and that can change how people deal with drinking for the rest of their life. So what a wonderful thing to be sober curious in your early in your early 20s yeah. and to, to, to learn to just think a bit more about your drinking. That could change your whole path yeah. and could stop you reaching the stage that we reached in our 40s. Yeah. I mean, there probably are some people in their 20s who can go out and have one glass
2: of wine. It wasn't me. Apparently like, there are. Apparently I've never met them. <laughs>
3: Who are they? They're off Morris dancing, aren't they? Yeah, you know I love a bit of Morris dancing.
2: (laughs) Um, I thought we'd list a few words, Lucy, of ones that we identify with and ones that we don't. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, let's
3: do this. Uh, Our first one is wino. Yeah, and piss artists, I mentioned. Oh, yeah, piss artists. (laughs) I think we both... would identify as both of those at certain or points in our lives.
2: Piss pot. Life. Piss pot, yeah, that's a good one.
3: <laughs> yeah, why no piss artist, piss pot, all of them. What's the next one? Uh, party girl. Yeah. yeah, so now, as you know, I call that an addict
2: with backstage passes. I think the word with a party girl often gives you an image of a girl in a feather bow at a rave, you know, with crazy glasses on and short denim yeah. shorts, like having a really good time. And that's always surprises me is that sometimes you think someone is something you think they're that word. But she's probably crying into her pillow that party girl in the morning, isn't she? And like having a really bad come down and feeling really bad shame and anxiety. I mean, people that are coming to me nowadays, people like coming out of the woodwork because they know what I do as a job now, which is to try and help people that have mid range drinking problems I guess that would be my expertise because I was one for so many years and the people that I think oh she's a massive drinker she's just a good time girl she'll she'll not understand what I'm doing they're the ones that are sending me private messages going actually I'm starting to understand that my party girl you know hat is slipping a little and I am sober curious and it always really surprised me so if you think someone's a party girl there could actually be someone that's really struggling with their drinking Mm. no matter how much they look like they're having fun they're
3: probably, you know, if you're a party girl and you're going out getting wasted every weekend, you might actually have a drink problem. Yeah, and is, would you say it's another one of those words that we use to normalise and to, yeah. a, a gentler word, word, gentler than alcoholic or addict or something a like that. A gentle <laughs> A genteel word. Yeah. It's clever. <laughs> is there clever words, all of these words, because they're actually just disguising yes. a problem, pa- aren't they? Party girl has connotations of happy, party, yes. fun, yeah. in control. Yes. Um, and, and that is not what I was Me at either. all. No. Um, but yeah I would like I quite like to use it I mean we refer to ourselves as ex-party girls yeah. uh, which we are we ex-party are. girls yep. um, but it makes it sound like we were out having loads of fun but we were actually battling an addiction we're actually, yeah. <laughs> we were awful really god party girls yeah druggies mental cases <laughs> mental case,
2: <laughs> another word yeah intoxicated that's one I've just discovered which is someone that sends
3: drunk texts god, you're, you're digging up some good words yeah. here Vic I didn't know about that well texts weren't around when we we were young, Lucy, no, weren't they so, which yeah. we were always grateful for our yeah. social media and text. Yes. Thank the Lord thank they the went Lord. around in our big drinking days. Oh, so that's great. Um, and now a real Aussie term: um, a blind drunk. I think the word "blind" <laughs> is um, uh, an Aussie slang word yeah, just for say drunk. Yeah, he I'm was blind. blind. Yeah. yeah, and I'm. I know sometimes when I had my worst ever hangovers, I actually my sight was distorted the yeah. following day. Did you get that with really? Well, I bad guess it hangovers? means you're so drunk that you can't even see what you're doing. You're just Falling over and banging
2: into things. Yeah. And yes, You look sleeping like you're with blind. random people. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah.
2: God, it's not a good description, really. I guess. But booze bag is the next one. I used mm. to call myself a bit of a booze bag. Didn't mind that one yeah, so no, much. I
3: never use that term, but don't mind it. A lush. A lush.
2: Now, that yeah. makes you feel like you're sort of, sort of creative genius. Sort of, sort yeah. of sl- <laughs> slopped on a bar with a martini. There is
3: something arty about being a lush. Yeah. I don't know if anyone ever would have. Use that one for me. I think no. I would have been lucky to have, have been yes, referred I was not to a, lush. As a lush. No. Um, a lush makes it sort of glamorises it a does. bit, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Again, a little bit maybe like Party Girl. Yes. Um, booze hounds. Sniff, sniff, sniff. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, sniffing out the booze. We we did refer to ourselves as booze we hounds like and, that. and drunkards. They're quite the old words again, old aren't they? dogs. The old dogs <laughs> out on the lash. <laughs> Um, I looked up another one, which was a beer monkey. My mates used to call me a beer monkey because I was always stealing the beers, but I actually looked that one up. Um, and apparently a beer monkey, according to Viz magazine... Oh, is... I'm glad that you got a nice, reliable source. <laughs> yeah, it's my favourite source, <laughs> Viz magazine. If you don't know it in Australia, look it up because I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it's a mythical simian creature which, during a drunken slumber, sneaks into your bed, ruffles your hair, steals your money... And then shit's in your mouth.
3: (laughs) And that is typical fizz. Yeah. We've got some tips for you. Um, I'll start, shall I, Vic? Yeah. Okay. Admitting that you have a problem with alcohol in this booze-soaked society is a brave thing to do, except it's going to come with some terminology that doesn't sit well with you, but that's okay. Going against the grain can be uncomfortable, but it's also heroic and cool. Remember
2: that words and phrases mean different things to different people and are all relative to your own experiences. Try not to focus on what other people think about these words.
3: Instead, use them in context that works for you. Or simply don't use them at all. Yep. Don't bother with them. Since the sober scene is only just gaining momentum, there really is no set meaning to many of these words. In fact, you are an instrumental part in giving them meaning as you take a comfortable seat on the sober bus. Keep talking, keep sharing, keep being sober. Gradually, the taboo words will be normalised, helping the sober searchers of the future.
2: Our words carry weight. We can use them to hurt, demean and wound others. Or we can use words to heal, encourage and love others. So whatever words you are used to describe yourself, just make sure they are kind and speak
3: with care. Yeah. A word doesn't define who you are or what you will be forever. You can pick and choose your words and labels as you go or don't have any at all. Do it all in a way that works for you. Bugger what other people think. If you don't like a word, don't use it. End of.
2: Practice acceptance. Lucy and I will admit we were pissheads. And that's okay. As disastrous as the part of our lives were, it's made us the people we are today. By openly accepting the shit part of yourself and the mistakes you have made means you can learn from them and find the person you aspire
3: to be more easily. So, find the words that suit you, ones that sit well, accept them and embrace them. If need be, get rid of the ones that make you uncomfortable, dispel some words from your vocabulary. Cocab- Vocabula- vocabulary. I can't say that word. Vocabula- Co- vocabulary. Vocabulary. How do you say it? Vocabulary. Vocabulary. <laughs> Thank you. There's <Ms>. elocution <laughs> over there.
2: <laughs> yes, feed the words you don't like to that cheeky beer monkey and send him on his way. After you've shut in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs>
3: stop. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I've just got to
2: tell you very quickly that Nelly, this week I think she'd had a talk at school about safety and it was all about words all about the words you use to tell someone about safety but she hadn't told me much about it anyway we were cuddling and I just read her two stories and we were in bed we just read a a little robot book and I think the green sheep or something again which is her favourite and she was all snuggled in and I was just saying night night Nelly, I love you you're the prettiest girl in the world and she just looked at me and went I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs>
3: that was her little eyes looking up at me I thought she was going to say I love you she, she said I don't feel safe <laughs> but did you look again and realise there was a terrified look in her eye or she just gets so scared when the lights are out so at any time so she kind of used what she'd learned <laughs> yeah. in the wrong context <laughs> it was very sweet and, and they, funny they, that's great to, to tell us that story now because that's what yeah. we we're talking about the, the words the, the, the context weight of words, of words yeah. and how we use them and how you can use one one sentence one way and it's perfectly okay or use yeah. another use it another way at a different time and you've yeah. got it all wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't feel safe, but I love you.
2: It's very sweet. Anyway, we've got a quote, um not from Nellie, to finish this off. Do you want to read it out, Lucy, oh, no, it no, as you chose well, it? No,
3: no, no, you read it, because I've got another one I want to say. Well, I'm, we're going to have a double one okay. today. Okay. Um, Can you not read it? I was asking you to read it, actually, because she can't see properly. It's really (laughs) bad writing. (laughs) Words
2: so powerful they can crush a heart or heal it. They can shame a soul or liberate it. They can shatter dreams or energise them. They can obstruct connection or invite it. They can create defences or melt them.
3: We have to use words wisely. Yeah, and I did find that quote. I was in charge of hunting down quotes. And when I did, I found another one, which it's not in context really as much with this podcast and what we've been talking about. But I just love it. It is. Taste your words before you spit them out. Mm. It's it's something your grandmother would say to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, roll them around your tongue a little bit. Think about them. Do I really want to put these words out there? Yeah, and think what impact will it have on people? Yeah. Or shall I just hold on to them and swallow them?
2: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for for using some of these words that we've talked about and and trying to identify with them and and discussing them with your friends and family and saying look this is possibly what I am and this is this is why I'm taking this path is because I'm trying to accept these words into my life and I'm starting to be able to identify with what an alcoholic actually is yeah 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 so, yeah, we haven't got a um, book of the week just because I forgot. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, where's the Because I noticed our yeah, uh, script sorry. was looking a bit empty yeah, on the end. I just forgot. Sorry about that. Oh. Uh, but what I will say is remember to vote for us for the Australian Podcast Awards. Um, just forward slash vote and confirm your email because that would just be a great way of getting this out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking out at Alan
3: decorating his cobble box. Oh wait, he's soaring oh, into it now. It's looking really look, look, good. He's
2: soaring. Some other those eye holes are I a think, bit big, aren't they? I,
3: I think that the uh, I think his kids will probably disown him tonight and try and join another family. Is he just going to put his face through that hole? <laughs> <you>? <laughs> well, one of the eye holes is really big. <laughs> so it does look quite frightening. It does actually look quite frightening. I, I'm impressed. Nice one, Alan and happy Halloween everyone yeah happy Halloween thanks for listening to us yeah thanks
2: for listening we're going to go and get dressed up now aren't we Lucy I'm going to be a um, evil doctor and I'm going to get dressed into my pyjamas oh yeah classic Lucy staying home again (laughs) (laughs) avoid the party at every cost yeah that's me (laughs) thanks everyone thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward
3: podcast If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
2: Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy Sober Mummy the group. Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be
3: awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com.
2: And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review, and share it with
3: your mates. Yeah, don't make it sound like they have to, though.
2: No, they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing, actually. No.
3: Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.